Welcome to the Everyday PM podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with over a decade of experience working for healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. I'm so excited to welcome back to the podcast, Donna Gregorio. For those who have been listening, you might have remembered her do an episode with me on The Successful Project Manager, which is the book that she wrote in COVID. So if you have a chance to uh, listen to that episode, please do. But Donna, I'm so excited to welcome you back to the podcast. You are a veteran of corporate IT, and you've been publishing books as well as going on speaking tours and speaking at conferences and working with PMI. So you've just been doing a lot since the last time we spoke. So Donna, welcome back. For those who have not met you yet, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself. Well, thanks so much, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here again. Uh, I am a veteran IT project manager. I did recently publish a book called The Successful Project Manager. Uh, I am an avid uh, college professor and teacher. I've been guest lecturing at a number of different schools recently. In fact, going to uh, Providence College tonight for guest lecture. So yeah, lots of things happening with the book and trying to get the word out about uh, all things project management. And I think we have a great topic today to talk to uh, talk about as well. And Donna, you, you essentially are like the archetype of what I aspire to be because you, you get to work full time, but then you also get to pay it forward and, and help educate future project managers and leaders in, in the space. So again, I'm just, I love when you're on the podcast, we had such a great conversation the first time. So I'm looking forward to digging in to our topic for this week, which is on the five best practices for enterprise work prioritization. Now to set this up as a project manager, you typically in, in your scope of work will prioritize the work uh, against your project or, or for your team against maybe other competing projects that you're working on, on a tactical level. But then when it comes to the organization or the enterprise work, that bucket is very much different than what you would see within your scope as an individual project manager. Do I have that correct, Donna? That's absolutely right. And we have, so, uh, go ahead. We have a project management office that runs projects and we're very actively involved in especially the highest priority projects in our organization. But as you suggested, the enterprise is the whole IT organization. That's about 450 staff in our in my company, uh, about 180 projects. Wow. And that's across portfolio and sustainment projects. There are actually more than that. Those are the highest. Those are what people consider the work that's very uh, critical to get done. And so um, trying to prioritize that work with my CIO uh, as, as the champion behind it and the directors as well. And the, the goal there is to help people with resource decisions and any other kinds of decisions. Um, as you can imagine, we've, got, we've gotten some, we have some challenges in trying to get people to agree on an approach, mm -hmm. to agree on the value of prioritizing 180 projects uh, for everyone, it seems it's very time consuming. Why should we bother? Um, I know my work prioritization. I don't really care about everyone else's. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a template. I don't understand this tool that you're using. So yeah. we have faced a lot of uh, pushback on this. And I, I, every now and then I feel like I want to give up. <laughs> my yeah. Says, oh, no, you're not giving up. We need this is important. So 
it has been a challenge and I'm, I am interested to, to describe to you what it is we're finally doing and, and how it's working for us. Why don't you set the stage in terms of how did you even land in this role where you are the project manager who is in charge of prioritizing the enterprise work? It, it just seems like something that you don't necessarily hand to a first-time project manager, obviously you're veteran in your role, but how, how did you get to this space? Right. So in my organization, we have something called an enterprise PMO. You can look it up. EPMO um, is actually some sort of a standard across the industry. Mm -hmm. I am uh, the leader of the EPMO. And as such, we get involved in uh, lots of things dealing with the enterprise. For example, we have a set of seven portfolio leaders and it's our job to prepare them for various reviews. We help them through the project proposal process. We work with the IT steering committee to get that uh, meetings uh, and agenda set up. We help them with some resource management in our uh, project management tool called Clarity that we use to uh, put together allocations. And uh, the most important feature of the EPMO is uh, my colleague, who is the finance expert, she allocates budgets and we track budgets for all of IT within the EPMO. So Got it. it is a significant role. Um, and I really am partnered with my colleague, who's the finance expert. And yeah. she's pretty critical to, she works uh, with, along with the finance team and in IT. So there are a lot of things that we manage at our level. Um, not just at the project level, but even as a level above that mm -hmm. um, has been pretty critical. And work prioritization is one of the more recent um, activities that I've been directly involved in. So no pressure there, right? Because like you <laughs> right. said, there's hundreds yes. of projects. It's for the right. enterprise. There are several stakeholders involved, many what I imagine would be clashing personalities or or. You know, what I want is more important than what you want type conversation. So I know you mentioned up front your feelings about sometimes this is exhausting and then you just want to give up on the whole idea of prioritization. But what keeps you going? I guess what, let's start with what keeps you motivated to keep to keep at it? Well, uh, great question, Anne. I think that, as I said, my CIO is pretty important. He wants this. He, he's not only interested in the top of the list, but he's interested in the bottom yeah. Of this because he wants to know what can he cut? What can we stop doing? Uh, I see. Folks are, are overcommitted in a lot of areas, as I'm sure other IT organizations feel. I'm sure many of the listeners feel the same way. We're stretched too thin. There's too many things happening and that everything has to get done. This, no, matter, no matter whether it's a category A, B, C, or D, yeah, everything has to get done. So, um, the goal is so we collect the project inventory, we sort it on some sort of a regular basis, and we communicate those priorities out to the organization, not just to the managers that are involved, but also the staff. It's at, it, the list is in some very centrally located position that everyone knows how to get to it. Mm -hmm. so they understand what their priorities are. That was one of the main reasons we started this very negative feedback from employees saying, I don't know what to work on when I come in on a Monday. I have Got five it. projects that I'm working on. I don't know which one to focus my time on. And someone would say, well, that's a management problem. Your boss should be telling you 
what your priorities are. But sometimes the boss is not even sure. So it kind sure. of down and trickles up. So Makes this sense. Why, uh, we're doing this. And we've done this before. It's been, uh, we've, we've tried it in many different ways. And it's always a, it's always a complaint that we get from people. I don't understand uh, what the priorities are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Such a simple but yet very complex question to try to bring clarity to. So it sounds like at at this point, you've had enough experience in this game that you have come up with some best practices that anyone who finds themselves in this situation can help follow or just at least learn from you, your successes and failures working on this type of project. So why don't we dig into those? Because I'm interested to hear now if you have the magic ticket, I don't know how else to say it, but if you, if you've got the golden ticket to figure out how to do this. So Donna, yeah, why don't we dig in? I, mean, I think, I think I, I can say with some amount of confidence, we've been working on this since November. It's been about six months. And I think we finally feel like uh, we're at a point where people agree and they like what we've put together. Oh, good. It's taken a while. So let me yeah. start. Uh, the six first- months is not short. So that's, right. yeah. Let me start with the first best practice. Go for it. Five five best practices. The first one is to inventory your project list. And that's no easy feat. That means reaching out to all the leaders in the organization and asking them for a list. Mm -hmm. Some of them are very easy to give us their list and others are more difficult for lots of reasons. Uh, We're talking about operational projects, including uh, keeping the lights on, and things like upgrading uh, servers and virtual machines and, and things like that. We're talking about some of our more uh, uh, cutting the envelope uh, projects like our digital transformation efforts, some of our other projects like um, uh, some of the classified work that we do. So it's a, ro- a broad range of projects. It includes everything. So. Um, that's that's new for us. I said we've done this before, but we've never included every aspect. We've more along the lines of focused in one particular area. The other thing that this is, it's across the organization. So it's not just one department or one division or one uh, set of people. It's mm-hmm. across the organization. So that inventory and getting that inventory right is is a bit of a struggle. And I will tell you that even now, I know there are projects missing from our inventory that we still are trying to work. That's really the number one best practice is, is getting that inventory. And, and Tell me about, uh, did you, did you set any parameters when this, this request went out? Were you actually involved with the person that was trying to furnish the list? Like what was your level of effort when it came to getting this back? Yeah, so I should back up. We had a meeting in November with all the department heads and they're, mm-hmm. I said 450 staff with about 25 department heads across the organization. And it was a four hour meeting. We walked through this whole process with them, explaining what we were doing and why, the rationale behind it, et cetera. A lot of what we just talked about. And so they knew this request was coming. So it wasn't wasn't a surprise um, based on it attended these meetings. So that's it. And uh, we did talk about parameters. We did talk about anything that was funded for this year that had some money behind it that staff were assigned to that can that to us uh, was considered any project that should land on the inventory 
Got it. Okay. So they had to Sometimes. think within, within reason then it's not we like did get I could have come up. Projects, so people, yeah. This is unfunded, but I still, we still have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that would show up on there right. just because if I, if I was in that position, I just want to throw it on there and then see if, if magically, so it, it's able to get picked up or at the very least it's there on the list and exactly. is visible. Okay. Exactly. Got it. So that Great. was our first, that was our first, um, best practice. The second one is that we um, we put it in a list that was, and again, you could use, don't forget about the tool that we use. You could use Excel. Um, sure. Just think about this as an Excel list. Add some metadata that you can then filter on. So that was critical for us. We, we, we decided to do that early in the process and it was a smart move. Um, so things like owning organization. So for example, I only want to see the projects that are in my division. Mm -hmm. can do that with this list. I only want to see projects that are a certain category. And again, we, we rank them and I'll talk about that in a minute. But maybe I only want to see a certain category within my division. Or maybe I only want to see certain projects that are in a particular area like digital transformation. I'm only interested in those. So we did add filterable meta metadata to that inventory. That was critical and I think has come in really handy for us. So that would be my second. Absolutely. This. Yeah, it sounds was, like a means uh, to organize, which is which is good. I like that. Yeah, and again, because it's such a big list, mm -hmm. and you want people to be able to extract sub lists from it that are already prioritized, so they don't have to reprioritize anything. So that's yeah. great. Gotcha. Third best practice is to come up with some sort of a rubric. Now, we originally said we were not going to write this rubric down. We wanted people to keep it in their head. But it was too difficult. Um, and so my, my best practice, I think this, the, we just did this recently. The most important thing we did was we came up with a model in the Excel spreadsheet where you could answer some very simple questions. We have five questions. That's it. It's not okay. 25. It's a reasonable number of questions. And basically the answer is A, B, or C. So things like, is this a corporate priority? It's a really high priority, it's a medium priority or a low priority based on uh, operating plans, strategy plans, things that, information that we have about the company. Okay. And so okay. that is a score. And then the next one, is it classified? Is it, does it have some security related or legal related uh, concept? So that would get it, give it a score as well. And et cetera, whatever your rubric is, mm -hmm. you need to figure out what that is and that basically dumps each of these projects into a bucket of a category, A, B, C, or D. And so that's my fourth related uh, best practice is to come up with categories. Okay. We call them A, B, C, and D. They're really, if you're in an A category, that's the highest priority. So we could have called them priorities, one, two, three, and four. Or we could sure. have something else, but we chose to call them category A, B, C, and D. So now you have the top of your list. And you have the bottom of the list. Okay. Um, I will tell you that I answered all the questions being in the EPMO. I'm quite familiar with all the projects across the organization. And I drafted the answers to all of the questions for all of the projects. So the current A, B, C, and D categories are based on my EPMO assessment of the projects. Okay. So to make sure, especially the D projects, that they verified that my answers are correct. Okay. But maybe I don't know all of the projects as well as I think I do. So okay. 
that might be it. That's a critical piece that's still outstanding. I'm curious if there was any, this hard to, is there any subjectivity in the responses? Because I imagine if I was filling this out, everything on my list is a priority. So I'm constantly categorizing it in A, but is there a second pass through where you're looking at it again, just to make sure that it, what people are responding with is actually within reason of how you've measured the EPMO? Right, right. I, I mean, I think there are some projects, like, for example, uh, we have a corporate intranet. That's a pretty big project that a lot of people work on. And um, it has really nothing to do with security. So right. It would get an NA for the security rank. Okay. Yeah. Example. Got um, it. It's also not mission. It doesn't apply to the mission at all. Uh, so from a strategy standpoint, it's not, it's not very high. So that, so I think when the project leader answers the questions, she will get similar answers to what I put, but maybe mm-hmm. missing something. Maybe there is a security element that I'm unaware of. Got it. At my level that maybe I missed. In, right. In question. So that's just an example. There's, there's a bunch of other examples. A lot of the operational projects like upgrading Windows servers and whatnot, they didn't get uh, very high scores. And that may be, again, I may not be completely aware of why these things have to be upgraded. And if they don't get upgraded, what is the risk to the, the rest of the infrastructure? So that might impact the scoring as well. But I think Got the it. question is pretty straightforward. Uh, we also added an escalation feature. So if, if there's something that really has to get done, then it gets bumped way to the top. Um, in, in some cases, so sure, I, I mean, sure. Makes it's sense. subjective, but uh, I think for the most part, the questions are pretty straightforward and hopefully I got most of them right. Yeah, it sounds like you're trying to introduce as much as you can and keep it as objective as possible. So I, well, I, I, I think that agree. people complain, I, this is too much, this is taking up too much of my time and I can't be bothered. So we thought, we thought, well, we'll draft answers. Mm-hmm. And we can have people validate the answers. That would take a lot less time. If I yeah. sent out all the questions to all the leaders and waited for them all to reply. They just roll their eyes and say, oh, here she goes again, <laughs> giving us more work than we need to do. So, and that, believe me, I hear that enough. So yeah, um, that's one of the reasons why I took a, took a shot at answering all the questions. Hey, whatever you got to do to drive their response. I, Donna, you did exactly what everybody else would probably would have went to is let me right. just give you the responses I think so and, right. and if anything it prompts the conversation and draws the attention back to them looking at the information so yes exactly and then the last best practice that I have is focus the monthly meeting on only those in the category a and rank order those in the okay. category a so uh, we have a total of out of the of, out of the 170 projects we had on our original list, the category A came down to only 61 projects okay. total. So now we only have 61 that they, we have to rank order. And if you further filter that down to the owning organization, um, when I attend one of the divisions uh, meetings, he only has 30 projects to look at, and mm-hmm. the other only has 20 to look at and the third group only has 10 to look at yeah less number of projects that they have to worry about rank ordering the rest of them they are just in there as in buckets bucket b bucket c and bucket d if we want to look further at those another opportunity we can but we're really focused on on the only the a's we put together one slide 
that has those 61 projects on it. And that's all we have to look at. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Those are the five best practices, starting with an inventory, adding that metadata that you can filter, coming up with that rubric on how you want to categorize them, categorize them into, uh, we picked four categories, you might have less, you might have more, and then ranking, ordering only the top category A projects um, and having that monthly review meeting with the department heads to agree. I mean, I, and I look at the list of 61, I already can see there are a couple missing. Right. Again, I, I, knew, I know we have an inventory issue. So right, right. away, oh, where's project XYZ? I know sure. that's the list. It should be here. And I know it's a category A. So I, and there's some duplicates, like somebody called it this and somebody else called it that, but it's the same. Mm-hmm. So um, we aren't linking to any finance system. We aren't complicating things at this point. We could link to a finance system and say, okay, if, the, if this is a budgeted project, then it should be on the list. We mm-hmm. could do that. We've chosen not to do that yet. Maybe we'll evolve to that because I yeah. think this is an evolving process. Um, but we're trying to keep it somewhat straightforward and, and simple and trying to respond to some of the challenges that our managers have come up with. And I do think it's at a point that uh, it's repeatable and it has value. And, uh, you know, the most important thing about this list is the conversation around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And And so what are you coining this? Because I think conceptually... It just, to your point, it makes sense. You can apply and repeat, rinse and repeat this. And and I, even at the large scale that you're utilizing it in, I think project managers who are listening in and may not be working on this large and complex of a project, they can even apply this idea to some of the smaller projects uh, that they're currently working on. And so is this Donna's Donna's five best practices. What, what are we calling this? Because I do, it's such, it's such great ideas. And then also the fact that you've been able to prove it out with your organization is, is, is very telling of, of the strength of this tool. We have a great acronym. We call it PEPPER. It is the um, Prioritize Enterprise Project Registry. I love it. PR. I love it. And it's, it's caught on, believe it or not. So that's good. It, it, it would not be official if you didn't give it a name. Like, I feel right. like that's everything right. in PM is not officially a con- concept that you can shop around. And so it has a name and pepper is great. That right. absolutely so, makes sense. Uh, and I, I love that you've given there us is enterprise. It is an yes. enterprise list. That is yes. the key. Uh, this is not a small group of projects. It's a huge and we met with another uh, company that does similar kinds of prioritization. Oh, really? And they do similar. The only thing we don't we don't have in our rubric is costs, which they did. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between what we were doing and what this other company was doing. But otherwise, very similar, using Excel, putting all this information in on different columns, filtering, yeah. lots of the same kinds of ideas. The rubric, of course, was different. But... Um, I, I think this is, we've kind of vetted this with another company that does similar work to what we do at MITRE. And uh, I think that, I think we're on to something. Yeah, absolutely. I envision that I could utilize this even at my organization. And 
that was going to be my next question was, as you talk about the evolution of what this could be, you try to keep it simple so that the organization could really grasp the concept. And it sounds like now after six months that they are, but I, I can envision as you were talking about it, adding in costs or budget. So you understand where these projects are going within your portfolio. Is there an opportunity? Have you thought about connecting it even to resource utilization? So understanding Absolutely. the people against the projects. And, and to me, that's yeah, where my we, mind is we going. Have a, we have a problem with capacity planning. We just mm-hmm. keep projects and not necessarily adding people um, because we don't have a very good alignment of the number of projects we actually have the capacity to complete. So that's next. Uh, in terms of one of the things we in the EPMO are trying to help people with. Um, But I think that's, you know, the key goal, and I've said this before, uh, for project management is to advance the success of the project. So one might say, well, how does work prioritization help with the advancement of your project? Well, if you're a high priority project, then you're going to get resources, you're going to get funding. So that's always a good thing in terms of wanting to execute against your project to be successful. So that's one of the reasons why we think work prioritization is important. We're advancing the mission, advancing the project, helping the project managers uh, be successful. And resource planning and hiring um, are along those same lines. So I think that's next in terms of what this can provide us. I think at the moment, This is helping uh, at the local level with resource management. So in other words, if I have one person who's very capable and is currently working on five projects, I now can prioritize those five. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of them are in a B or a C category, and maybe those will automatically get dropped off of of his list of five things. Right. He needs to focus on the A category things. Um, If he gets invited to a meeting at the same time, three meetings and one of them's an A and the other mm-hmm. two are not, and he knows which meeting he should attend. So I do think that we're helping with execution and in any ways we can do that. Often the EPMO looks like a reporting arm. We run meetings, we run status meetings, we put templates together for managers to present to VPs and whatnot. And that's all good, but it's not good enough. This mm-hmm. is the thing that really advances the mission and advances the project and we want to be helpful we don't want to be a blocker so we want to do it in a way that's not going to take up a lot of people's time right yet provides value and benefit not just to the managers but to the directors and the vps and when you talk about budget planning what can i drop off my list is always a really good question the vps are asking and now with this prioritization application of this rubric uh, we're seeing D's, we're seeing C's. Yeah. Uh, when can we turn those into F's and and take them off the list? Yeah, yeah. We're looking for is uh, yeah. where can we where can we cut projects? So, absolutely, I, Donna. This synthesizes everything that is being promoted in the new seventh edition of the PMBOK when when we talk about value delivery system and how are you able to track the projects at the portfolio and even at the enterprise level. And I think I feel like this would be a, a natural extension to what we're learning in some of the new uh, information that PMI has even put out for project management. So yeah, I think you synthesized it really well. And I'm very excited to see where this project goes, you're over one big hump, but I'm sure there are many others in terms of 
evolution and how you want to mature even this idea of Pepper and the tools that you're utilizing as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about it as you go through the pain points and, and learn the successes and failures uh, along the way for this particular scenario that you're under, Donna. I think you have so much to share with our audience. And like I said, I think we can just learn from taking from the best practices that you shared today. So Donna, I think that will do it for this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. Thank you so much for your time and sharing of your knowledge on how to organize enterprise work and prioritize it using this pepper method, which I love the name. Um, Donna, if folks want to continue the conversation with you, where can they find you online? Best place to find me is at my website, donnagregorio.com, but also on LinkedIn. Would love to hear from folks about their comments. And Anne, thanks to you so much for your labor of love with this podcast. It's really great, a great resource for many project managers to learn so much from your guests. So thank you for this. Absolutely. You're very welcome. And if you have an opportunity, also check out Donna's book, The Successful Project Manager. I I read it very early on in the in the COVID days. And then now that I think we're in the endemic is what they're calling it. Uh, it's still a, a great book to pick up now that everyone's kind of going back to work and then you're kind of going back into your swing, full swing of being a project manager. So definitely check that out as well. Um, you can find me online as well on LinkedIn. You can follow the Everyday PM at the everydaypm.com. Feel free to give us a great review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find this podcast on all of your podcasting platforms. Give us a great review, a comment, leave us some feedback on this episode. You can watch the video version on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash and Campia. While you're there, click the bell for notifications on when new content goes up. You can also subscribe to the channel and also like and leave a comment on this video. So Donna, thank you so much for your time today. And until next time. Take care.